From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Today we'll be talking about gluten sensitivity and celiac disease with my guest, Diana Stuber. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist and a certified diabetes educator at Upstate's Jocelyn Diabetes Center. Welcome to HealthLink on Air. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. What is celiac disease? Celiac disease is an autoimmune condition where um, when people eat gluten, which is a protein found in wheat and barley and rye, um, it starts an immune response that damages the small intestine. And that can lead to poor absorption of nutrition and other health consequences. So how would a person know that they have this? What, what kind of symptoms would they? Well, interestingly, not everybody has symptoms. Um, people might be screened because they have a relative who's been diagnosed because it, it is genetic. There's a genetic predisposition. Also, there are some classic symptoms, which would be diarrhea, um, nausea, weight loss. Those are kind of things that are considered classic that we used to think were necessary. Some people are diagnosed because they're, they have anemia, and the anemia is resistant to treatment because it can't absorb the supplements that they're taking. So are uh, the people who are diagnosed, are they typically children, uh, adults, young adults? Any age at all. Okay. Do we know what causes this? No, we don't. There are a number of theories. Um, We certainly have to have the particular genes that predispose us to this this disease, but 30 to 40 percent of people in the United States have these genes. We don't know what triggers the autoimmune response. Does it, uh, well, how, how is it treated? It's, the only treatment we have right now is a gluten-free diet, which okay. means eliminating any foods uh, that have gluten in them. So if you're able to manage this, then um, does, do the symptoms get better when it's under? Um, typically symptoms get better, but some people have either, they continue to have symptoms. And that can be, um, in most cases, it's because they have inadvertently consumed some gluten. There have been some recent studies that indicate that even though Um, A food might be advertised or a restaurant in particular might say that their product is gluten-free. It's found that it's not gluten-free. You know, it's like 50% of pizza places think their product is gluten-free, but it's not. Wow, interesting. So if someone has celiac disease, um, does that predispose them for other medical issues? It is linked with other autoimmune diseases, um, we don't know that one necessarily causes the other because, again, it's that same genetic background that increases the risk for things like type 1 diabetes and um, thyroid, autoimmune thyroid disease, things like that. Uh, they're all sort of part they're, of the same they're, family? Or? Yeah, they, um, they're distinct, but... Up to 10% of people who have celiac disease may have another autoimmune disease, and it's just because of the genetic predisposition and whatever it was originally in life that triggered one of the autoimmune diseases may tribute another. All right. 
So what happens um, to someone who has celiac disease, but they're not being, it's not being managed? Some people have no symptoms, um, but there may be things happening in the background that they're not aware of. For example, it's not uncommon to find that someone who is newly diagnosed with celiac disease already has weaker bones because they haven't been able to absorb the nutrition that helps build strong Uh bones. So that could be osteopenia or osteoporosis. All right. I've heard people say they have um, gluten sensitivity. Is that the same thing as celiac disease? It's not the same thing. Um, Celiac disease is an autoimmune disease, and there are um, markers, there are blood tests people can have that can help with the diagnosis. And in celiac disease, there is um, actual damage to the small intestine that a gastroenterologist can find when they biopsy the small intestine. Gluten intolerance is, is a kind of functional disorder. What that means is people have symptoms Um, They may have pain, they may have bloating, diarrhea. Uh, Some people describe a brain fog. They don't feel well. But when tested for celiac disease, it's not there. But they still try to avoid gluten. And and some people, when they do avoid the gluten, they feel better. Okay. Let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Registered Dietitian Nutritionist Diana Stuber from Upstate's Jocelyn Diabetes Center about celiac disease and gluten-free diets. So let's talk about gluten. You said it's part of protein? It, it is a protein. It is a protein. Yes. Okay. It's a storage protein, um, a group of proteins that are present in wheat and barley and rye. Um, it, they're naturally there. Most people tolerate them really easily, but others, it triggers that autoimmune response. What does our body use the gluten for? I mean, when you hear, when you talk about protein, you think of, you know, muscle building and things. Is this that kind of protein? It can be, yes. It's, um, in fact, there's a vegetarian source of protein called seitan, which is basically gluten. Um, It's uh, the wheat is ground, and they, they wash the starch off of it, and what's left is gluten, and it can be used as a meat substitute. Oh, okay. Well, which, um, you, you mentioned wheat, rye. What are some of the foods um, that depend on gluten? I mean, I, when you say wheat and rye, I think of bread, but there's more than just bread, right? Right. With wheat, wheat is used in a lot of food products as a um, bulking agent or a a filler, as something that helps things stay together. Um, It's used, obviously, in breads. It's in cereals. It's in pizza, pasta, um, tortillas. Beer. Beer, yeah. So the barley, um, I mean, obviously a barley soup will have barley in it, but Beer is, um, has malt flavoring in it. So the barley is used to make malt, malt vinegars, malt syrups, malted milk. <laughs> These are things that people with celiac disease can't, can't have. Can't have. Huh. 
Well, are there any whole grains that don't contain gluten? Yes, there are. There are a number. And some of the ones that have a better nutrition, um, have more nutrition in them, better nutrition, include quinoa and amaranth and millet. Um, Sorghum is used sometimes instead of malt. Because I've always heard that, you know, whole grains are part of a healthy diet. If you have celiac disease, you have to choose different whole grains than what you typically see. Right. So we we kind of have a system for helping people navigate a a gluten-free diet. And that is first we want to get rid of the gluten. Then we want to expand a person's choices, their repertoire of food. And lastly, we want to optimize the nutritional content. So some of the things that are sometimes lacking can be fiber, uh, calcium, iron, and B vitamins. And that's because breads in the United States are um, fortified with B vitamins and iron. So and those are things you could take as a supplement? Mm-hmm. or okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people with treated celiac disease don't have any special nutrient requirements. It's the same as it is for the general population. At diagnosis, though, they may very well have nutrient deficiencies because they haven't been absorbing what they've eaten. Let me ask you, how dangerous is it for someone with celiac disease to ingest gluten? I'm comparing this like with the peanut allergies, which can be fatal, really. But is it is it that kind of an emergent thing if someone... No, it's not. Uh, and it, it, to, a, to a certain extent, that's it's unfortunate that there isn't always um, a stronger response because some people have no symptoms, so they are lax in the diet, and that can lead to longer-term issues with health. I mentioned the osteoporosis before. That can lead to fractures. Um, anemia can be an issue. Um, it's, it's more the long-term nutrition deficits. There is a slightly greater risk of lymphoma in the intestine, but the risk is low, but it's greater with untreated celiac disease. Now, what about people who, because um, uh, I've seen diet uh, message boards where they recommend cutting out gluten to lose weight. Is that a strategy that works, or does that happen for people with celiac disease? If they stop eating gluten, they it lose weight? It can, because if someone is eating a lot of pizza, let's say, or eating large portions of pasta, when they start a gluten-free diet, they have to find choices or options that they like. So sometimes they are not eating as much for a little bit. Um, people who drink a lot of beer and then can't drink beer anymore might be getting fewer calories in their day. So let's talk about what food someone can eat if they have celiac disease. How, how do you counsel people who are newly diagnosed? Because this would be uh, maybe a big change from someone, you know, what they've normally eaten to what maybe they should be eating. Yeah, it, it's, it's difficult at first. But like a lot of things, once people find their options and know where to get them. It becomes more routine. Um, Certainly, we have people read food labels. In the United States, wheat has to be listed as an allergen. 
So if it's listed on the food label, that's an inappropriate food in celiac disease. So you have to look for the word wheat? It doesn't just say gluten on Correct. the food label? Huh. It, it has to say wheat if there's wheat as an ingredient. It doesn't have to say that it has gluten or does not have gluten. Um, some gluten-free products um, have been around for a long time and can be trusted. Um, there are grocery stores now that have their own versions of gluten-free foods. Um, most grocery stores are carrying more gluten-free foods, so people can go sometimes to a particular section in the grocery store. Um, there are the places that are, are more organic, natural foods. They're more likely to have some gluten-free. Gluten-free options. Yeah. Um, fruits and vegetables. Right. There are a lot of foods that are naturally gluten-free. Okay. Uh, potatoes are gluten-free. Rice is gluten-free. Um, corn tortillas are, are most of the time gluten-free. You can read the ingredients on foods that have more than one ingredient, but there are a lot of foods that are naturally gluten-free. Is dairy generally a safe option? Yes. Dairy products? I will have to say, though, that sometimes when people are newly diagnosed with celiac disease, they may not tolerate lactose, the sugar that's in milk and yogurt and some other dairy products, and that's because the small intestine makes the enzymes that break that down. And oh. if the small intestine has been damaged, those enzymes might not be available. What advice do you have for someone with celiac disease who likes to eat out? Is that a problem to go to a restaurant? Yes. Okay. It is. It's, it's a challenge. Uh, many foods have sauces that have wheats in them. There are seasonings that will, might have wheat to keep it flowing, um, seasoning as a powder, let's say. Um, and there can be cross-contamination. So if a hamburger is cooked on the same grill as something that has a breading or coating on it that can cross-contaminate your hamburger, there can be ladles or spoons that are used for serving a food that has gluten in it and then used for your mashed potatoes that don't right. originally didn't have gluten in them. There's, just, there's a lot of opportunity for cross-contamination in restaurants. Wow. What about for someone who likes um, cooking and has celiac disease? Is that uh, kind of a safer way to eat? I think so. And I think that if someone really enjoys cooking new things, there, there's a great opportunity to find new recipes that don't have wheat in them. Well, thank you to Diana Stuber, a registered dietitian nutritionist at Upstate's Jocelyn Diabetes Center. We appreciate this informative discussion. It's a pleasure. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.